When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to WrestleWolf. Uh, this is w- reconsidering WCW Nitro. Uh, my name is Damien Gibson, I think. And joining me, as always, is the man, the enigma, the mystery. It's Matthew. Hello. I'm excited to be, you know, talking about WCW again. Yeah, there's been... Um, we... Well, AEW have, has really sort of ruined my wrestling schedule at the moment. I'm so completely... All over the place. We're putting out like back to back WCW episodes and then AEW, and and then we sometimes record two WCW episodes at the same time. So I'm gonna have to legitimately start keeping a spreadsheet <laughs> and a calendar of our timetable because I'm starting to get behind. Um, but yeah, I I'm always super happy to do this the WCW um, uh, podcast. Um, compared to the WWE one, which I'll have to record straight after this, which makes me really sad. <laughs> well, that's this week actually won't be that bad, but yeah, yeah, it's an unusually okay week for WWE. Um, unfortunately, no, not such a great week for uh, WCW this episode. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. There's, there's, we get introduced to some people that it's kind of interesting, and there's one match in particular that is awesome, but um, mm. it's kind of flat. Um, we kick off live from Albany, Georgia, and uh, Kenton the Love Dog has flown down from Dogtron to see some out-of-this-world wrestling. Matthew, we're getting Pepe Watch out of the way straight away because... Mongo has dressed his dog up as an alien, I think. Yeah, Cap- Captain Love Dog. Um, Captain Love Dog, is that what he called him? I missed well, that. No, I thought he said Kenton. The, the clo- I had the closed <laughs> captioning on on this, and it says Kemp the Love Dog. But then, and then I was like, why would he call it? It's, it's Pepe. Why would he call it Kemp? And then I, I went back and re-listened, and it's just the uh, closed captioning. It doesn't like his accent very much. Right. Well, no one likes Mongo's accent very much, so that's yeah. CC is an out. I I know we brought it up last episode. I'm going to miss Pepe every week. I'm like, oh, what's Pepe going to be? As as you get less of Pepe, the shows do (laughs) drastically improve in quality, though. So it's like, hopefully, that's a trade off. Oh, okay. You get more Mongo in the ring. Hmm. <laughs> oh, no, no thanks. Um, 
I, I gotta say, like his um his back and forth with Bobby. I mean, Bobby is the master, right? So he you could almost put anyone on the commentary desk and, and they would have good chemistry with Bobby, but their chemistry isn't bad. Like they're okay. No, it's good. Yeah. Um It's I was just going to say, we've got a clip of, um, so there's a, a lot of talk about the main event this week, which is Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman going up against Ric Flair and Sting, question mark. Um, and they cut to a clip of uh, a, you know, a typical WCW promo at this stage where it, it is so obviously not scripted. It is in equal parts beautiful and horrendous all at the same time. <laughs> and... Um, what is this show though? Like what it was like what was it called? WCW Saturday night, isn't it? Or is this WCW was it from, worldwide? No, it, it was something else completely. I just I've, it's the one thing I haven't taken a note of, but it was like WCW PC or something like that. It was weird. It was like they had a little logo in the bottom right hand corner and I was like, is this Saturday night or is this some other weird hmm show or is there like a, a secret pay-per-view we don't know about <laughs> well there was worldwide was one of the shows um that ran for a very short amount of time but i don't know if it was running at that stage um this promo though is like really hectic like sting is uh sting's like if <laughs> if you turn on me at any point in the future in any way i will kill you like it's yeah, it's, it's that's not actually yeah. an exaggeration of the content no, it's not. It's not. He he says, uh, I'm inclined to t- tag with you, um, but, quote, if you swerve me, you are dead, dead, dead. <laughs> um, I think Rick got the point. Um, around the, around the still skin got- dead, he probably figured out uh, what was going on. <laughs> Although, they, you, when you look at Rick, he's still got that weird dead-eyed look. That he always has, so who knows whether it got through to Rick or not. We'll find out uh, later in the episode. <laughs> Is he playing a man with a brain injury, Rick Flair? Or does he just have a brain injury? Well, this is what I can't work out whether Rick Flair's character is supposed to sort of have an ABI or it was something that was like in the 90s how people behaved. Yeah, but he's more than anyone. He... We'll get to it later on in the episode as well, where he does sort of similar thing. But um, he reminds me of a mate of mine when my, that mate is drunk, but all the time. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> shout- I mean, that, that's we have the answer. <laughs> well, yes, that's that's true. Um, the first match is the man of a thousand gimmicks, uh, Diamond Dallas Page versus my favorite wrestler of all time, Johnny B. Bad. And uh, DDP has, uh, we get a quick glimpse of something. I think I'm pretty sure this is from Saturday night uh, because you can just tell by the, the caliber of star that's in the promo, you know, Diamond, Diamond Dallas Page, Johnny B. Bad. Um, I think Diamond Dallas Page, because he's such a low life, has let down Johnny B. Bad's tires in the car park and that has caused a fight between the two of them. And now, of course, they're going to settle that difference at Halloween Havoc. Which is great. Uh, and I was watching this and I was just like, Diamond Dallas Page looks unfit. He's got a curly mullet. He doesn't seem to be particularly charismatic. He doesn't seem to be particularly good in the ring. And in about two years, he's going to be the best character on this show. 
And he's like, I think he, at this point he's 35. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his story is an amazing one. Like it's like is it weirder that 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 happened or that like 25 years later, like two two years later he was world heavyweight champion. Uh 25 years later he's a yoga instructor. Yeah. Yeah, and almost like the um almost like the the reverend of the rest of the American wrestling world, you know, in the sense of like if you if, if things go really bad for you, um, you know, you can always knock on DDP's door and he'll take you in, teach you a downward dog, <laughs> get you back on get you back on track. Um yeah, the D, the DDP yoga, I mean Diamond Dallas Page's story as a dude is amazing and and like purely american i don't think i don't think that story could happen in any other country on earth no. outside of the states you know nightclub promoter turned bouncer turned uh oh no sorry bouncer turned nightclub promoter turned wrestler um turn yoga instructor turn you know elder statesman of the wrestling community slash you know drug and alcohol advisor um and i mean he was 35 in 1995 and he just wrestled a match this year in AEW. yeah and wasn't that bad not at all considering yeah, he was fine. he's like 83 now or whatever however <laughs> covid lockdown has uh made me forget how time works so something like 83 yeah got no idea yeah got no idea <laughs> Don't know. I don't. I don't know what month it is. I don't know what day it is. All I know is I record a podcast today. Tomorrow's work. That's it. That's all I know. Um, so uh, yeah. So DDP's let down Johnny B. Bad's tires. This has led to a match not only at Halloween Havoc but on Nitro tonight. And um, <clears throat> Johnny B. Bad comes out. And again, I'm just going to point this out. When he comes out, the crowd erupt. Like I don't. <laughs> I don't know if he's doing something somewhere else that we don't see, you know, that like is getting him over this much, but it's insane. Then when he gets to the ring, he, uh, out of his like very macho man cape that he has, he pulls out frisbees and starts chucking them to the audience. I was like, oh, maybe this is how Johnny B. Bad gets over. He just bribes every audience that he comes in contact with. I mean, this is 1995 WCW, so he could probably carry about as many Frisbees as there are paying audience members. <laughs> um, yeah. I was I was watching and I was like, if I was 15 at a wrestling show and a wrestler was throwing out Frisbees, I would want one. If you were 15 and a Johnny B. Bad fan, I would be absolutely shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a war a warhorse shirt right now, so you know Johnny B. Bad could have been someone that I got into as as a 15 year old. <laughs> I don't tend to I don't tend to uh, lionize like the um you know the coolest or you know biggest guys on on planet Earth, um except for saying Punk six seven years ago. You don't have to have to say that as um, you talk about how great Johnny B. Bad is that. Uh, we we get we get that you don't uh, really idolize the, the the coolest or best guys. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I find them boring. Like the the top of the card guys, I'm like, yeah. Like I'm always into it, but you know, I care way more about 
when a wrestler's trying to do something weird and different and and dumb, that's that's when I'm really that's when I'm really into it. You know, Daniel Bryan is the, the evil vegan. You know that kind of thing. Mm. That- well, I mean, look. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. I just feel weird having the conversation in being Johnny B. Bad. <laughs> hey, man, you know, that's on you. Johnny B. Bad's a, you know, he's a legend. He's a WCW legend. <laughs> um, anyway, this DDP jumps Johnny B. Bad and wins this in about 45 seconds. What I do love is that uh, you see, you start to see little glimpses of DDP's charisma in this match where he's like lying on Johnny B. Bad counts the the three count himself and then uses Johnny B. Bad's giant party popper on three to give himself uh, his own celebration. (laughs) His bad blaster, as it's known. Yeah, the bad blaster. Is that what it says on the top of it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, I wanted to bring up with you, what is the deal with the diamond doll? What What is this? What's this story? I don't know what the story is. Uh, It... She's upset at DDP for behaving exactly how DDP always behaves. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's exceptionally strange. She, she's quite charismatic, though, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, so this is this is DDP's wife in real life, who I'm completely forgetting the name of. Kimberly Patch. Um, Kimberly, that's right. The inventor um, of the Nitro goes, Girls. Yeah, and and Captain Coach, I would call her as well. You know, she seemed to be counting the moves in the ring. Um, but what I don't understand, like you talk about a female character who I'm sure at some point it, she probably will, but has no agency whatsoever <laughs> in the sense of like, well, I suppose she has a little bit, but, you know, every match she comes out and she's like, oh, no, Dallas is doing these nasty things again. Oh, it's like. We'll leave. What? I don't understand. <laughs> There's no backstory as to why she has to stick around or, you know, like, they don't even really reference that they're together or married or anything like that. If they were married, it would make more sense of like, well, he's my man, you know, but I don't like the way he goes about the, his business. Uh, yeah, they, they have not fleshed out this story. I feel like a lot of stuff is going on on WCW Saturday night at this stage. Like, I think there's obviously going to be a paradigm shift where Nitro becomes more important, but it does seem like a lot of stuff is happening on Saturday night at the moment. Yeah, I'm glad it's not just me because, I, you know, I feel like an idiot that I can't keep up with WCW 1995 storylines, but it <laughs> it must it must be that there is actual plot happening on the other show because I'm just missing giant chunks of you know all of these storylines i think there are two kinds of people there there are the people whose attitude is that if they don't understand what's going on in 1995 wcw nitro that it's wcw nitro's the kind of person Mm -hmm. who doesn't understand what's going on in wcw nitro in 1995 and blames themselves yeah yeah (laughs) okay i understand i understand what you're saying Uh, I need Shall we to move know. on to the inc- you, look? You, <laughs> you, rec- you record a podcast with me. You can attest to uh, how finicky I can be just about things like sound. So wanting to know what the story is in the show that I'm watching is very important to me. <laughs> well, and I will blame myself if I don't work it out. 
I mean, uh, if you want to email sound tips or complaints or just have a chat, uh, Damo's always available. <laughs> take it, take it out of Matt's hand, please. <laughs> he doesn't want to hear any more about it. Um, so yeah, next up we get a Hall of Fame match, man. Like Eddie Guerrero versus Chris uh, Chris Benoit. Um, I I vote that we just. Don't talk about anything that happens with Chris and Eddie, you know, later on in life and just sort of look at it through the lens of 1995. Um, this match, immediately, you're like, oh, these are these are good wrestlers, especially straight on the back of this DDP, Johnny Be Bad garbage, you know. <laughs> like, um, these guys get about eight and a half minutes to show what they've got as well. And, and the commentary... They do bring up Hulk, who I will I'll talk about in one second, but um, they mainly put over these guys, especially Chris Benoit. Like, they're investing heavily yeah. in him. And they also mention for the first time that WCW is uh, considering having a cruiserweight division, um, which is sort of nice as a, you know, we talk a lot about the things that pop up a lot later. The cruiserweight division is going to be, at some times, the only thing that is good in WCW. Um, and this this match is phenomenal. Like these two pe- people are two of the ten best in ring wrestlers ever, uh, and they just everything they do makes sense and draws from stuff that has happened previously or stuff that is happening. Um, nothing's wasted. It's just incredible. Yeah, there, I mean, there's so many different things uh, that you could point out to attest to that the thing i want to talk about though is that chris benoit's mullet has shrunk from last week and um i think that helps i think that's helped with his in-ring performance um eddie uh just like just one of the moments that happened in in the match eddie tried to do a sort of almost like a ray mysterio 619 type maneuver to stop him he was going to run out of the ring at chris benoit benoit jumped out of the way Eddie went to do like a, a six one nine to stop him from stop himself from jumping out of the ring. Kind of botched it a little bit. Doesn't mm. matter. Just jumps up onto the, the top turnbuckle and flies at Chris Benoit, who's on the on the floor. You know, just a, a 15, 20 meter you know jump from the top turnbuckle onto Chris Benoit, and both of them sell it. So it looks legit. Um, what else do we have? Oh, well, the guys. Of course, we, we can't have uh, a match where Hulk Hogan <clears throat> isn't <laughs> mentioned. Um, and Mongo said to Bobby the Brain, if you don't think that Hulk Hogan isn't going to step up, step up at uh, Halloween Havoc, you've got more rocks in your head than Mount Rushmore. I just wanted to point the <laughs> Mongoism out. Um, it's a, I, I noticed that the, it's a testament to how new both of these guys are to American audiences that there's a lot of empty seats. I mean, I know there's they're probably not selling out houses either, but um, there are more full seats for the later match than there is for this one. And you just think of like, you know, the 16-year-old who was at an event and Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit were wrestling each other for the first time in America and you didn't and you decided to go and grab a Coke instead or, a, you know, like, God damn it, I should have just stuck Well, around. you would have been like... You would have already left in a fury after Johnny B. Bad uh, was, you know, 
yeah. knocked out by Diamond Dallas Page, or at the very least gone, been like, okay, here's the bathroom break because we've got Meng coming up next and Jim Duggan, and I can't <laughs> miss that one. Yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'll cop that. Um, <laughs> every week, every week they bury Johnny B. Bad. I'm, I'm, I'm not following this company anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's a, a Canadian uh, Chris Benoit hits a Canadian destroyer on uh, Eddie Guerrero and his, his head literally bounces off the mat and uh, I just noted that Bobby the Brain uh, said that his head bounced so hard off the mat he thought Dennis Rodman was going to rebound his head Eddie's head um, <laughs> and I also noted that Chris Benoit has like teeth did you notice that? yeah He's got like a. They're fo- not gone yet. No. Do we? Do you know how that happened? What happened to his teeth? Or will we find no, out as we go along? I, I think it happened in WCW. So I think we'll find out as we go along. Oh, good. Well, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as Matt already mentioned, the, the the cruiserweight division was kind of announced, sort of. Um, I love Eric Bischoff talking about this like shadowy WCW board who are considering. Uh, a cruiserweight <laughs> division, and like, so you're considering a cruiserweight division, Eric, is what you're saying. <laughs> um, it's just you know, in hindsight, it's quite funny to see you know, you, you you're watching the TV show, but if you know anything about how powerful Eric was on the show, you know that any decisions that are being made are being made by Eric, um, and maybe Hulk Hogan, um. Mean Gene plugs... So next we we cut to the ring and Mean Gene's there. Always happy to see Mean Gene. Uh, this time he like plugs the hotline. There's a lot of hotline plugging going on in this episode. And he throws like a bunch of fucking shade on WWF Did, while it, he's advertising it, the hotline. Did you notice this? So, so he claims that one of their top stars got beaten up by a fan in a car park. Was this Shawn Michaels? Was this when Shawn Michaels got bashed up? Like, yeah, it must be when he was with British Bulldog. Yeah. That so was, if anyone uh, doesn't know, Shawn Michaels' British Bulldog got very um, inebriated on a bunch of different things. Uh, I think both of the guys have told this story now, so this isn't like, like this isn't defamation or anything. Um, and they got into fights with some local toughs and actually got their asses, like both of them got their asses handed to each other. And then so Mean Gene's just taken that and put it on the WCW hotline. <laughs> Cruel Gene. Yeah, I know. What an asshole. <laughs> um, and then he's also like, there's some um, some back backstage mechanisms that he's that he's talking about as well. So he's obviously like just getting off the phone to mates that he still has at WWF, going straight over and recording his WCW <laughs> hotline. It, it was quite vicious. Um, I loved it. <laughs> I I I loved how WWF was bleeped out as well. It's yeah, like WWF an executive from WW. <laughs> okay, that's we all know. It's probably because of the the um wildlife that the world what's it called Worldwide Wildlife Foundation court case. Yeah, that happens about five years from here. Yeah. But the reason why uh, Mean Gene is out here is to speak to Kevin Sullivan, uh, the Taskmaster. 
and the giant and i don't know if you know this matt you are the dungeon of doom aficionado but um kevin sullivan says he's the personification of evil he is if he says it he, it's true that's uh, he, he doesn't Do look particularly know- uh evil he sort of just looks a, a little bit dull but that's okay do you know the um is there any backstory to his face paint? Yeah, Kevin Sullivan was doing this sort of I'm the devil gimmick for about 15 years. So, so he sort of was all into that like occulty um you know when it, when America had the 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 sort of public panic around satanists that's that's where right. the face paint and all that kind of stuff comes in. Um Yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't seem of its time in 1995 no it's just kind of i mean yeah it's never alluded to and it's quite strange but that now that you paint it in that that picture it makes a bit more sense um he also says that whole- unfortunately uh unfortunately they mention uh monster trucks in this promo which just leads to eric bischoff and bobby heenan talking about monster trucks in a way that makes me think they don't know what monster trucks are <laughs> it's uh like they're just talking in such a vague vague way but also whenever they say something specific it's not a hundred percent right no no i mean they would why would they know anything about monster trucks you know like this is just a it's a one-off <laughs> it's a one-off thing <laughs> uh, i noticed they're calling it the monster truck sumo match now so we get sort of more of an idea of wh- how the match will happen you know it's ridiculous it's so great i'm so excited to see it yeah i know it's it's i just love it it's so all over the place you can tell it's just the boys out the back making this shit up as they go along and i just that's what i live for for wrestling i don't want a team of like riders from harvard you know like you know the itchy itchy and scratchy (laughs) episode of the simpsons where bart and lisa end up riding itchy and scratchy um you know, uh, he, so I'm just excited to see a man become a machine and then become a man again. It's going to be so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I was all I was always a big fan of Transformers, but to see an actual man transform into a truck and then back into a man—I mean, that's you know—it's going to be something else. Is it any wonder that Eric is promoting the hell out of it? I mean. Has anyone ever seen that? I've never seen that, so I'm looking forward to seeing it at Halloween Havoc. <laughs> uh, the Monday Night Wars are, t- are turning. The tides are turning. You can feel yeah, it. I already. know. Vince is like, we can't compete with that. That's good shit. Um, <laughs> Kevin Sullivan also says that all the little Hulkamaniacs uh, will become children of the Dungeon of Doom, and I know one little Hulkamaniac who is still a child of the Dungeon of Doom in in. The, the mystery sitting, well, virtually sitting across from me right now. Um, then we cut to the giant who does uh, does a the most stereotypical 1995 wrestling promo you've ever heard. The word brother is dropped, I will break you. Um, and then does the Andre the Giant puts his hand over the Mean Gene's face to show that he is a giant? Question mark? He's big-handed. That's what I took from it. He has the, a hand the size <laughs> yeah, of the too. head of a man. 
Anyway, we cut away from that, and it's that little scamp, the Disco Inferno. He's out here again when he shouldn't be. Uh, notice that the dancing is getting slightly better. It's slightly better this week than it was the week before. And we commit to keep um, you, keeping you, the listener, updated on Disco Inferno Dance Watch. I think we need to, uh, you know, we need to replace Pepe Watch for a start because that's not going to last forever. Um, so I think Disco Inferno <laughs> Dance Watch is probably probably worthwhile. Uh, and he runs off when he sees Meng. And if you know any stories about Meng um, outside of Kayfabe, you would fucking run off as well. Um <laughs> Because he can literally destroy men. Um, he is universally known as the toughest guy in wrestling in real life. Um, so, yeah, even if it was a gimmick to try and get yourself over, I would be scarpering as quickly as possible when Meng was coming out to the Yeah, to the absolutely. Um, he, anytime he gets mentioned in any of the, uh, the uh, you know, sort of Conrad Thompson uh, podcasts, it's always about how tough he is. <laughs> Um, and I mean, it's also worth mentioning that Meng is Haku. Yeah, how he like. Um, and Meng is not. Meng, Meng's a Tongan um, wrestler. Yes, and, yeah. You know, he was pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, this match is going to not be so good. <laughs> well, um, I want to know who the person at WCW. Uh, that was brave enough to suggest wearing a um, a mask and a cape to Meng because that's what he comes out in. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's for this match, and this is and not. He doesn't look very happy to be wearing. No, it. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's worth noting as well. Meng is um, Tangaloa and Tamatonga's uh, father. Like he's a yeah. like yeah, he's got some. Uh, he he's good. Meng is good. Uh, this I don't. I don't yeah. remember him wearing this again. Um, I don't think it's going to happen again. Are you going to tell Meng to wear the cape and mask again? Because last week he was... Well, not last week. A few weeks ago he was wearing that giant mask. Like the... Yeah, that shows up every now and then. That's bizarre. Um, the, the, this is very, like, gold and sparkly and not good. It doesn't suit him anyway. It's just, you know, like he's this big giant badass. Like, just let him be. Anyway, uh, speaking of big giant badasses, uh, we get introduced to Hacksaw Jim Duggan for the first time on WCW Nitro. And um, I'm actually, I don't think we've ever spoken to each other about Hacksaw. He is, he was a fixture of rock and roll wrestling, which is has a very, very, big part of my heart when it comes to wrestling so i have a big soft spot for him but i could completely understand why people would hate everything i just i fundamentally (laughs) don't understand like he just sort of there was like this period of just big idiots who just like lumbered around and yelled at the top of their voices i don't i don't get it i don't get him i don't get why he's got a piece of wood I don't get like, is he is he supposed to be someone who's <laughs> yeah, not quite right? Uh, who who loves America? Is that his character? <laughs> Pretty much. I I hacksaw. I I think he might have started off as like a lumberjack kind of dude. That that all sort of syncs up, you know, like the hacksaw nickname and having like a piece of wood, you know. Um, but I mean, really, I will point I'm, out that I'm grasping at straws here. I I don't know what he's meant to be. 
your name is Hacksaw and your gimmick is bringing a giant piece of wood. That's a very, very like 90s wrestling because you don't use a hacksaw on wood. Certainly not on two by fours. I don't, I don't know, man. I've grown up in the inner city of Melbourne <laughs> my whole life. I don't understand how wood exists, you know? it's just It just is there. You just buy it from Ikea. I don't know. Um, <laughs> fair point. <laughs> it's going to make every person on earth hate me. It's like, <laughs> I don't understand how it works. I like computers. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, I don't know why this match is happening. Uh, Meng destroys Jim Duggan in about a minute and a half. Um, and there's no storyline being put forward. There's no mention of these guys going up against each other again. I th- this feels just completely like filler. But there is always a part of my heart that's like, oh, look at this lovable idiot when Hacksaw comes out. You know? Yeah, I, I just feel like <laughs> half of that sentence. I'm like, oh, look at this idiot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fair enough. I'm not, I will not die on the Jim Duggan hill. Like, I'm not going to go into bat for him <laughs> as, a, as a wrestler or a character or anything like that. It's just that that sort of thing of like, I watched him when I was eight years old, so I love it. You know, I don't have a good reason for it. You know, like I know that it's wrong. Um, you know, um, I also had like an indecent obsession album around that time and a bros album, so <laughs> you know, I wasn't making the best decisions um, as far as what I was into. Uh, next up, we had um, Hulk doing a promo. And just before we sort of get into it, I didn't realize that this sort of bad guy storyline would be going on for as long as it, like, I didn't think it would show up again this week, but he's all dressed in black and his Hulkamania logos in black. And this is very much like the prototype of, you know, we sort of spoke about this last week, but you can see the cogs of everyone's mind turning of like, could we turn Hulk heal and would it make us money which i mean the answer is yes you could and yes it will <laughs> um but i mean but if they had have done it then would it have? i don't think so not in this story like, no if 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 hulk had have uh turned heel during the sumo monster truck match <laughs> um <laughs> Like, you know, he got out and, like, stabbed the giant's tires or something. Um, like, the impact would have been just like, whew, that's, that's it for Hulk Hogan. Even the, the few people who are still into him, are, they're out. Yeah, I think so. But it, it is interesting to sort of see that, um, I mean, this is almost like to a T what he's wearing initially. Um, there's like a, you know, because there's kind of like a couple of weeks before they become the nwo you know so like i just yeah. sort of find this stuff really i mean we spoke about it sort of at length in the last episode so i don't want to repeat ourselves but it it is really fascinating to see them sort of throwing stuff at the wall seeing what sticks so obviously with this they you know they sort of tentatively pushed towards it and it didn't work so they've put it back on the shelf but it's been you know you can see that eric wants to put um yeah, wants to turn Hulkster heel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and this you know promo Hulk... is absolutely. Oh, sorry, man. You go. No, no, you go. You go. 
I was just going to say, did you know that uh, Hulk Hogan can stop an elephant in its tracks? This promo is off the chain. I'm pretty sure that he he admits to murdering Andre the Giant. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he can stop an elephant in its tracks. He can bring a promoter to his knees and make him cry because that's the power of Hulkamania. I'm pretty sure he's talking about Vince uh, there. Uh, he says again that he's going to uh, crush the big stinky giant um, and he's going to bury him where he buried his fa- next to his father. But he, like he also kind of insinuated before that that he killed Andre. Mm. And it's it's also like, did, did he also physically bury Andre the giant himself? Uh, are they going to bury the giant the, this new giant in France, like, is or is he buried in Detroit? Like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know. No, no. For the second week in a row, uh, Hulk seems to be. It's a nice way of putting this. On a, uh, he's on a he's on a different level. Mentally, he may have got there artificially. Oh, actually, there we go. Um, Andre the Giant was buried in America. Uh, well, he was, he was, his ashes were buried, which is a very strange thing to do to bury ashes. Um, under his favorite rose bush in uh, North Carolina. That's nice, I guess. Oh, it's, yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of nice. Um, so Hulk Hogan's gonna bury the giant, this giant. Uh, under a rose bush in a, in a family ranch in North Carolina. Yeah, at, at Andre's house. Uh, so what? Hulk just shows up with the body of the giant after the the monster truck sumo match, and is like, "I'm just going to bury the, the the giant, brother." Like this is Andre the Giant's family ranch, which in this kayfabe scenario means that Hulk Hogan's turning up with the corpse of their child. Their brother and sister, their son. Um, <laughs> well, he's gone full heel, you know. Like that's uh, that's a pretty mm. heelish thing to do. <laughs> that's certainly NWO more heelish third than... man bullshit. Yeah, like this is this is dark. <laughs> um, we're already at the main event. Uh, we've got Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman who come out. Arn Anderson's theme rules. Yeah, it's, it, it's so like I love it. I mean, I I only kind of noticed it when he started doing um, his podcast with um, with Conrad, which I out of all of Conrad's podcasts, I think I kind of like Arns the most. Although it does get a little repetitive after a while because he he doesn't have the showmanship as a, of an Eric Bischoff or a um, God, a, a Brucey e. P. Um, <laughs> anyway, they come out to the ring. Uh, and uh, Ric Flair <clears throat> also comes out to the ring. Crowd go mental, and then Sting doesn't. Sting's meant to be Ric Flair's tag partner, but there's still some sort of conjecture about whether that's going to happen or not. Um, although I would have thought, you know, if you were being like a giant nerd about it, I was like, well, this is a professional sporting organization. Surely they need to know mm. who they're wrestling against. Anyway, Sting doesn't come out with Ric so it's essentially a handicap match, and Rick is like yeah. on fire. He's like really into this, and he's like, uh, you know, <clears throat> smacking Arn and Brian all over the place. 
Um, and they start to, they Arn and Brian start to sort of pull the match back a little bit, and then all of a sudden Sting, there's no, nothing happens in the match that, from what I could see, makes Sting come out to the ring, but he does. Well, particularly because it's Sting's. Maybe Sting's just like, hey, like Ric Flair's going to win this by himself. Like I, I want to be involved in this win because <laughs> like Ric Flair is really, really comfortably dispatching yeah. uh, Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he gets tagged in almost immediately, and uh, uh, Albany, Georgia, go fucking mental uh, for Sting when he jumps into the ring. Like this is this is the biggest pop we've seen on Nitro. I think. Like I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, no, it's only been seven weeks, but this is huge. Like you can feel it through the TV screen. Um, Sting goes mental. Arn and Pillman get counted out, although it looked. And they, the commentators kind of made the assertion that, like, they just walked off. They're like, oh, I'm not having any of this. You know, Sting and Ric Flair as a tag tag team. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I was waiting for the three of them to just turn on Sting. I thought they were going to do it right there and then. Um, but they didn't. They held off, which is shows considerable restraint for a wrestling promotion. <laughs> mm. Uh, and then we get like a short interview, uh, which is almost like a with Sting and, and Ric Flair, and it's almost a carbon copy of the promo we saw at the beginning of the episode, uh, except Sting is saying now that he he's pretty sure he trusts Ric Flair. <laughs> and this was the point that I was making where Rick just sort of looks a bit like Dustin Hoffman from Rain Man. He's not really saying anything. He's just staring. At one point, he goes, Sting is the best. Woo! And that's it. And does a little styling and profiling. And it's just, I I mean, I, I love it because it's Ric Flair. But if you were out, if you weren't a wrestling fan, you just watched this, you'd be like, so that, that surfy guy, this is like his special friend that he looks after on the weekends or something like is this you know what i mean <laughs> it looks like tom cruise and dustin hoffman it looks like the wrestling equivalent of tom cruise and dustin hoffman from ray man that's a exceptionally good call um <laughs> I, I can't add anything to that that's absolutely spot on that's all I could think of when I was watching it. It was just, you know, waiting for Ric Flair to be like, he's an excellent driver. He's an excellent driver. Um, <laughs> it's also, I think, the fifth consecutive underwhelming Arn Anderson versus Ric Flair match. Yeah, it's uh, genuinely been five weeks in a row um, where they've headlined um, the match. It, uh, the one thing I will say is at least the commentators were paying attention to this match this week. This is the first time out of the five where they haven't been talking about the Giant and Hulk Hogan the whole time. So, um, Because Sting was involved. So, you know, it's mm. one of the three wrestlers that they talk about, Sting, Hulk Hogan, or the Giant. <laughs> um, but this very much feels... Like, it's weird because we're only two... Like, the go-home show for Halloween Havoc is next week. I suppose traditionally the the week before the go home show is usually a bit meh in most promotions. So, mm. um, but yeah, not much happened, hey. Well, it's also because they're not in a month by month cycle of pay per views. It is there is a lot of sort of uh, filler going on before they pay off. Uh, you know the feuds and stuff. So there's a lot of sort of dragging on. Um, you know, it would have been nice to. 
Like I think they they are putting in effort to build mid card feuds, but as we discussed earlier, they're not really explaining them at at all. They just sort of no. it's like we're just dropping in in the middle of these feuds, and it's it's a very strange way uh, to do television or wrestling or promoting wrestling. Yeah, I agree. Um, I am looking forward to Halloween Havoc though. Um, so they, I mean, they've done a good. Job. I mean, not all of it is like genuine excitement it's more car crash excitement of like oh what the fuck is this gonna be but um but yeah i mean i can't wait for diamond dallas page versus johnny bad at halloween havoc i mean that's obviously the main event that's what everyone would be uh looking forward to so um you know obviously there'll be some sort of big payoff next week between those two guys and um I just can't believe that we're getting so close to the big show fighting Hulk Hogan in a monster truck. I just, I'm so excited. No, that, I mean, obviously that is the most ridiculous slash uh, exciting thing to happen to this podcast uh, since we've started it. So, um, yeah, we've only got it. We're just going to get through. Ne- I think next week's Nitro will be, be fun. You know, it's the go home Nitro. So, you know, we'll get some sort of wacky shenanigans happening. Um, but we're, we're, we've run out of things to talk about. There's no more WCW stuff to talk about, man. No. Well, uh, I I can't wait for next week. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. You get Listeners get two episodes and we get to watch. Finally, we're, we're going to have to think of new jokes once the monster truck's over. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm sure W. Luke. Unless they do it again. <laughs> I was talking... Uh, I was talking to a friend yesterday and uh, she was asking about the podcast and was like, so is it a comedy podcast? And I was like, even if we tried to take this content seriously, it would eventually turn it. Some of the sentences that we say are so ridiculous that it's just funny anyway, but it's not sort of me and Matt having a natural affinity of being like comical. It's just that the subject matter that we're dealing with is so out there that we just have to say things like, so Hulk Hogan and uh, the Giant are going to be having a, a sumo monster truck match. You, um, I would say you can't write this, but it has been written. So It's fantastic. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Me either. Um, all right. It's time for that end of the podcast spiel where I thank you guys for listening, which I genuinely mean. Um if you you can um a lot of you guys are uh, watching slash listening on youtube so if you could select subscribe on there or share that uh hit the bell for notifications um i have been a little slack with updating things on there um just life gets in the way but i will be doing that today so um yeah uh on all the all the things alexa google home you can listen to us now uh spotify all, all that stuff um, so if someone's like, oh, I don't listen to podcasts, you can be like, well, just, you know, yell at your Google Home, play WrestleWolf, and it will. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, if you can follow us on social media, we're WrestleWolfPod. Um, rate and review anywhere where you can rate and review us. Um, that'd be great. But in the meantime, uh, you can either listen to this show, our WWE show, or our AEW weekly shows. Um, and until we speak to you next... Pepe's dead. Pepe's dead. <laughs> 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 <laughs>